0: Hi, friends. Welcome back. I had a little bit of a fangirl moment when I got to meet my guest today. Britt Barron is a speaker, teacher, and author who steps onto stages and addresses areas of personal development, race, gender, and sexuality. Growing up in an evangelical megachurch in the 90s, Britt was always trying to fit neatly into the boundaries of her church and its narrow views of God. All that changed when she met a girl named Sammy, fell in love, and chose to leave behind those narrow boundaries in favor of a fuller and more vibrant life. Britt's first book, Worth It, Overcome Your Fears and Embrace the Life You Were Made For, launched this summer, and she joined us on the podcast to talk about leaving behind the narratives that we have been handed by others in order to embrace a life of joy and possibility. Welcome to the show, Britt. Yes, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Amazing. Amazing. So, Britt, you also go by Beans, which do you yes. prefer?
1: I, Beans, for being okay. honest. Yeah. It just, it's not good to lead with, like, hi, I'm Beans, you know? <laughs> so, I start with Britt and then ease people in. And why, where is the nickname from? Yeah. It's, well, so, my parent, like, no one has ever called me my name. Everyone's only ever <laughs> called me Beans. And my parents say it's because when I was born, I, I have an older sister, and she's three years older than me. And I guess she couldn't say Brittany, which is like my true full name. It was like Beanie. And then just, and then it just, yeah. I don't know. When nicknames usually trail off, like when you're like 12 or 13, and this just like picked up steam. And
0: I love it. Here I am. Here you are. Beans. I feel like it, um, it speaks to your, your energy.
1: Yeah. It definitely suits me. Like if it wasn't kind of odd, I would just legally
0: change it. (laughs) Legally odd is okay. Yeah, true, true, true. I love that. Well, I, um, saw you first speak as the MC at Amy Porterfield's event a co- last year. Um, so I know that you are an incredible speaker and an author. And I'm excited to hear a little bit more about your new book, which I just finished reading.
1: Oh my gosh, there it is. All that there yellow. It is. Yeah, I love
0: it. <laughs> it was, it was really great. So tell us a little bit about like kind of who you are and what is your mission and how did this book come to be? Um,
1: yeah. So I'm a person
0: and, um,
1: you know, I, I am one of those people who has always wanted to write and be a writer. And I remember being in high school and being like, I'm going to write a book one day. But I never really quite knew what I wanted to say or what it was going to be about. I probably start and started and stopped like eight random books from like age 16 to like 30. Um, and then so the, the journey of my life sort of took me down the route of like faith and religion, um, which I grew up, you know, very Christian and went to a Christian college and then became a pastor at a mega church which all is what I refer to as my former life. And there I met uh, a girl. And to that point in my life, I had no... I had a, a minimal understanding, I guess, of like my own sexuality and what that meant and attraction. So I met this girl and I was like, oh my gosh, what is happening? Is... what is going on? Is this my new best friend? Or do I want to marry this person? Is it both? Like, I was just like, what is happening um, turns out it was both and just being confronted with so much fear and I mean, just the entire narrative that I thought was true about myself in an instant became untrue. And that unraveling and that undoing led me on a, um, both of us, my wife and I on a journey and sort of not at the end of it, cause none of us are at the end. Um, but on this side of that journey, um, you know, we had to leave our jobs and our community and, and sort of re, recreate ourselves in that way. And I remember thinking, what an isolating experience. But then at the end of it, or on the other side of it, I realized it's, it's actually not isolating. And there's so many people having not the same experience, but a similar experience. Like there are so many people who I met and encountered who were like, I'm afraid to be true to who I am because I think it might upset people in my life. And I was like, that's what I just that's the thing I just went through. Like, I thought that was like a unique thing. And I just started realizing like, oh, my gosh, so many people are just giving up on who they are because they don't want to upset people. And so my mission then became, all right, I want to help people be free and be true to who they are, whatever that means for them. Um, so that's the hope for the book and the hope for all the work I do.
0: Yeah. Well, it was interesting. I mean, I think you, you said a few times in the book, the book book is called Worth It, mm-hmm. that for you overcoming the fear of coming out was your story, but it really parallels to all of us in whatever, wherever our fear is manifesting, right? That we are afraid that we are different. We are, Somehow the only person having this, as you say, isolating experience, but the more we reach out and we tear down those walls, we realize we're all in it together. Totally.
1: Like I've, I've talked to people who are like, I want to start a business, but I'm not sure that that aligns with what people think a good mom is, or, um, I want to be a runner. I mean, there's so many things where you're like, gosh, so many people are. They know who they want to be. They know what they want. Um, and there's just a, a fear loop keeping them from getting there. Um, and that felt like, oh, that's what I, that's what I want to talk about.
0: Yeah. Now, and you specifically, um, you know, coming from, as you say, a mega church and a mm-hmm. really Christian background, there were some real, like, you know, not, not that our fears aren't all real, but mm-hmm. you had to really sort of step away from the identity. And community that you had. Yeah. And and claim what you knew. But as you say in the book, and I won't spoil the book because it's yeah. really <laughs> worth reading, but that's that's where the gap is for us, right? Just that we're so unsure of what's on the other side. So share a little bit about for those that haven't read the book yet, how that um because it's a real thing and it's very tangible for those who have a community or, you know, some an ideology that they feel represents them. But then this conflicting, this conflicting piece. So share a little bit about how that came to be for you or how you, how you got to the other side.
1: Yeah. So that's something I, I think a lot of times we romanticize these stories and these ideas of change. Like, oh, I just had to like buck up and do it. And then I did it, you know, and so much of what I, try to communicate and and what I want to say is that almost every single thing that I was afraid of actually happened so it wasn't like I was like I was afraid of this and it turns out like that wasn't anything to be afraid of or it's that's not the story right the story was it was really scary and it was really hard and the fears that I had actually happened like I lost community I lost friends I lost um, relationships with family members and opportunities and, and all of those things that I fear people looked at me differently and and being on the other side of that still realizing even though everything that I feared would happen happened it was still worth it to become the person that I am meant to become to be true to who I am and so there's there's this idea that I I want to shake up and and sort of Get people out of to say, like, fear isn't real and just like, that's not gonna happen and, and everything only amazing is gonna happen to you. That's just not true, right? Like, what you're afraid of might happen. Like, people might judge you, um, and you might lose relationships, but you have to ask, is that worth not being true to who you are and what you want? And in the end, for me, it wasn't, right? And so I went through it and it was very hard. It was very, very hard. Um and beautiful and something I'm very grateful for today.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Um, And you just moved. So that must have been you and your wife just left Los Angeles and moved across the country. We did. We did. I've been in L.A. for 15 years
1: and my wife has never lived outside um, of Southern California. So it was a big move. And I'm talking to you currently from The ground of our furnitureless house. Um, so it's,
0: it's been quite the adventure. The messy side of the, again, romantic idea.
1: Right. Totally. It's like we have, we literally had it perfectly planned out. We took a week off and our best friends took a week off and they drove us out here. And we were like, we get here on Monday. Our movers are supposed to arrive on Tuesday. We'll spend the week unpacking. By the time they leave, our house will be set up. It was just, I mean, it's a perfect. So of course we're leaving for the drive and the movers were like, Hey, we're running a little behind. We're like, Oh, okay. Like a couple hours, you know, so that was last week. Oh boy. Yeah. So we're, uh, we're hoping, we're hoping for today, maybe some furniture. We'll see. You know, it's all (laughs) part, it's all part of the, the adventure. What prompted your move? Well, a big thing was we had been thinking about it. Both of us were open to leaving L.A. as people who wanted to eventually buy a house. That felt like the only way. Um And then when sort of everything closed down, our, our schedule is usually like wild. Like we in January, we were only at our home 11 days out of out of the month. We just are like always on the on the road. And we hadn't been home for that long, and that just really allowed us to slow down and ask, like, what kind of life do we want? Like, what what matters to us? And so, yeah, I'm kind of, you know, I, I know a lot of, I don't mean this to negate sort of the tragedies that have, have struck, um, but in some ways, I'm also grateful for this this time to be able to have slowed down that much to say, mm-hmm. like, what's important to us.
0: Yeah. I think that is something I hear over and over from anyone who's, you know, willing to take a deeper look and say there's been real hardships in this time and real blessings in the opportunity to slow down and figure out what we might want life to look like on the other side.
1: And isn't that what most things are, right? They're, they're hard and they're
0: good. So we're right in the middle of that. Yeah, absolutely. And you talk a little bit about that in your book as well, right? The the idea that everything, feeling the, the sadness, feeling joy is as much as of feeling pain. You can't separate the two.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I think most of us try to try to avoid one, right? Mm. Well, I do.
0: I won't sure. say most of us.
1: Um, <laughs> I for sure do try to avoid pain. I'm an, I don't know if you're familiar with the Enneagram, but Oh yeah, enneagram seven. Me okay. too. <laughs> oh yes. So I am like, what? What feelings? Got it. Got it. Um, but you can't. I mean, you 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 can't have one without the other, and and they make each other so much sweeter, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we're. I think this season culturally has just highlighted so much of that. Of like, it is really hard, and there's so much good. And there's so much pain and there's so much joy and, and it's, it's not, nothing outweighs just because it's hard doesn't mean it can't be good. And just because it was good doesn't mean that the hard isn't real. And I think we're all having to learn that in a new way.
0: hmm Mm-hmm. And reimagine what, what it might look like. Yeah, totally. And we moved to Austin. Right? <laughs> what? So As someone who's just published a book in another, you know, new territory, I mean, I think publishing a book sort of – you were um, speaking a lot before, I think, in person. Mm -hmm. So everything is changing and you're navigating that landscape. But what is your – you know, what do you want people to really – to know about Brit and this book and kind of understanding your – you know, why – I mean it takes a lot of guts just to even write a book right now and say, I'm gonna put it out in the world and find a new way to get it out into in the in the non-traditional way, right? You're not out doing book signings and things like that at bookstores. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I I think it's I think it's funny because a huge part of the message I just want to put into the world is a message of freedom, right? Like be free to to be who you are. And also and Nelson Mandela said it's it's not enough to be free but we must live in a way that contributes to the freedom of, of others as well. That wasn't a direct quote, I for sure butchered it, but <laughs> Mandela, sorry. Um but along those lines, right? Of, of of like how do we find our own freedom and in that how do we live a life that will um liberate other people? And part of that is You have to be open to change. Like you just have to be a human being that is willing to adapt, evolve, change, grow in painful ways, in beautiful ways, in fun ways. Um, but you, you just, you cannot be stagnant. You can't stay still. And that, that's like a funny thing because everything has changed with regards to the book, you know, I was like, okay, we're going to do this. Here's the tour. Here are the dates. Okay. Just kidding. All right. Now we'll do this. Okay. Just kidding. Um, and, and so that's been a fun, a fun test of, I think my own, my own beliefs, right. Of, okay. I, I have to be willing to adapt. That's, that's something I, I believe in. And even on something, I won't say a small because it, it means a lot, but, um, something like a book tour, right? It's just it's just reinforcing that muscle so that when like ideologically something in me needs to shift, I'm like open to this idea and practicing this this idea of change and and adapting. And um so it's been it's been a while but so like this I've been doing a podcast tour and so many conversations would not have been able to happen because we've been like out there busting our butts on a tour trying to get people in a room. And so it's been kind of fun.
0: Yeah, I wonder too how much I think about this a lot. How much we'll we'll take with us and not go back, right? There's really no yeah. going back. Mm-hmm. But in these new ways, we've learned to connect and to create community that will just something new will evolve on the other end of it.
1: It has to, right? I I think it has to. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to see what I think we're all gonna. I think we're going to miss it a little bit. Mm. Right? Time with people, time with my wife. Like we just mm. I'm like, "Wow, have we ever like spent this much time together? Like this is just <laughs> amazing. We don't have, you know, all these places to go." Um, so in some ways I think we will we will miss it and and hopefully that will force us to say, "Well, what can we take from that time and bring it into now?"
0: Mhm. I think so. I feel like already when schedules get busier, we I've got little kids that are starting to back to school, and I can feel my resistance of like I, I kind of don't want to go back, yeah, to busyness.
1: Yeah, because then I like as I think back on pre pre corona times, pre twenty twenty. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, how much of that was productivity, and how much of that was just busy? How much of it was necessary? I think if you would have asked me in the moment, I would have said like, oh, it's all important. And if you ask me now, I'm like, oh, my gosh, no, like 40 percent of that was important, maybe. And so I, I feel that, too, like a few months ago, things in L.A. kind of started opening back up. And I just remember thinking like, oh, like, I don't I don't know if I want that again. You know, yeah. like I
0: I don't know. So it's it'll be interesting for sure. Maybe it's changed our DNA and we we have to. I right know. I hope it has. Yeah. Um, so I mentioned that we had met at an Amy Porterfield event, and Amy Porterfield yes. is sort of the queen of digital courses. She's and you such are a queen. she's the queen. She's amazing. You're you have a new digital course that you're working on in addition to the book. What's that about?
1: So uh got a digital course, um understanding racism 101. Okay. So in my previous, previous world, um, so I did a lot of understanding racism work, anti-racism work, um, for like 10 plus years in a variety of spaces. It's, it's a lot of the work that my dad does as well. So kind of just, you know, when you're born into something. Mm. Um, and so when George Floyd was murdered, I remember my inbox was just flooded. And most of most of it was flooded with people asking like, "Where do I start? I I don't even know where to begin." And so I was like, "All right, uh, let's go to the drawing board and let's develop something for people who are asking that question." So the course is, I put one hundred and one in the title because it is like, if you're looking for a place like where to start, how do I begin to understand the conversation that's happening, the cultural moment that we're in? How did we get here? That's what this course is designed to do. And so, uh, it's been, it's been fun to, to dabble into that world. Of course, you know, I texted Amy. I was like, digital courses are such a good idea. Have you ever heard of them? (laughs) But, um, but it's been, it's been really good. And, and so it's important work that I'm, I'm happy to be a part of.
0: Well, you mentioned in your book a couple of times where as a black woman, you looking, for example, you, um, met John Lewis. Mm-hmm. And it felt like you were saying that really drawing on that strength and that identity really helped you in the, the decision to come out and claim this life with your wife that you desperately wanted. Is that yeah. true?
1: Yeah, totally. There was um, the, uh, one night in particular I talk about when I met John Lewis and he signed a, a poster of himself crossing the bridge and is like in my room and will be in my room again if it ever gets here um and i i was sort of wrestling just like in this fear spiral um and just had a real moment with with that idea and this this reality that i'm not having a singular experience like i'm i'm connected to to all of the people who who look like me who have lived like me who who have experienced um this world in that way and something about that idea made me feel like man he's strong enough to put everything on the line um to go for what he knew was right what he um believed in what he what he stood for like he could do it like I could do that we we are connected and that means something and so that was sort of my final push of like, I can do this, you know, like, I, I am a strong person. And um yeah, I, th- that's what I talk about in the book of like, you, you won't always feel strong enough. Like you, there are times when you won't. And it is more than okay to borrow strength from someone else, right? To read stories of your ancestors, to read stories of women who came before you, to read stories of people who have come out, to read stories and read stories and stories to say, just remind yourself, like, I I could, they could do that. I can do
0: that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And in the same way, the importance of that community or that role model and connection with the next person and the next person, right? That you're now that for someone else.
1: Right. Which is the ultimate goal, you know, of like, okay, like I hope, I hope in the way that I'm living my life, someone can look and say like, okay, she did it. I could do it. Which would be like, my ultimate giving back to John Lewis, right? To say like, okay, you helped me do it. I want to help someone do it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's beautiful. It's. I would say you're doing it. <laughs> oh my
1: gosh. I, I hope so.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, just, I think your commitment to, you know, living authentically and even as you show up in social media, which can be such a place of curated whatever <laughs> yeah. to really show up and and be authentic and be real and that's that's a gift to people
1: yeah thank you yeah i social media is such a funny thing i always <laughs> wonder like like what it would have been like for people like historical figures i'm like would they have had an instagram mm. you know and what would it have been like like what would, would gandhi have like tweeted right you know <laughs> it's like and, so
0: interested and what would he have tweeted
1: exactly yeah
0: yeah absolutely but as you also say like it's it's a place for rep- to represent your life and your authenticity for the people who might be looking for that absolutely
1: and i totally believe that that's i mean social media like everything else um has its, its it has its pain points um and then it has a world of beauty and so i think culturally we're figuring out how to lean into to what we want from it um because it can be a tremendous source of of beauty and, and strength and hope. And yeah. And that's what I talk about when, when I was in the closet, I would have done anything to see like two happy women who are married, just living the dream, you know? And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to post pictures of me and my wife all the time in the moments where I'm just like, cause I hope some, you know, 14 year
0: old somewhere is like, okay, like that's a, that's a possibility. Well, and I think in a in a country in a world as big as ours, like I mean I live in a big city, but there are people, young women in small towns who don't have that around them to show them, and so social media becomes that place where they can see you know what used to be maybe was on t v now we see it in social media, we're able to access those stories and those images of people giving them permission totally, and it feels like personal and
1: it feels real and and that's the special thing about social media. Um, yeah, yeah. So, I, 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 I'm here for it.
0: Yeah. Um. So we are. The, I mean, the name of this podcast is um, Rock Your Joy, but I love to really. And I love what you said about in your book. You had a quote about the feelings of joy and pain really coming from the same place, and I mm-hmm. think so many of the women I talked to over the last, particularly three months. We've, that has been a theme that's come up over and over, but you know, in the, in that space and with that, with that reference, how are you cultivating joy right now? What does joy mean to you and look like to you and feel like to you in this space of time?
1: I think, um, okay. Two things come to mind. So what a mentor in college told me, um, that I wrote about in the book and talk about all the time, she said, you can only experience joy to the depth at which you're willing to experience pain because they come from the same well. And so one way I'm actively cultivating joy is by not denying my, my moments of, of pain. I am learning through therapy and books and all the things that when like feelings of pain come my way, um, resisting them will only Help them grow and and to last longer, but allowing them to move through me is not a permanent thing, right? It's 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 something that that they're they're moving through, and knowing that the other side of that is joy, um, has been really helpful. And the second thing I think is, I have <laughs> my wife and I, we we are both naturally just like I don't know if the word is like silly or like I don't know what, but we. So, like, in our house right now, <laughs> there's, you know, no furniture. And um, we decided to put blue tape everywhere the furniture would be in the exact, <laughs> like, like measured out the exact dimensions. Um, so we feel like we're sitting on the couch now. We're putting our drink on the coffee table. Oh, let's, like, put this on the record player. Um, and it makes me so happy. It's It's so ridiculous. So I think there are moments of of just choosing it right just being in a in a moment being like i can we can choose to be frustrated but that's not going to make the furniture be here or we can choose to be ridiculous and like make furniture out of blue tape and pretend like it's real mime mime your furniture <laughs> exactly i'm like should we put this plant here or here You know, and like it's it's been it's been actually so much fun so i feel like i am I am trying to let myself feel not joy if it comes, because that's what's real to me, Um, and then choosing it when I can.
0: Mm. I think that's powerful because we're a little bit afraid of anything that feels like we might. I know for myself anyway, sometimes when I'm in that space of just a funk or feeling the fear that it we're just never sure, like, when is it going to end? Where, where's the other side of it?
1: Yeah. Like, if I let it happen, it's going to be forever.
0: Mm.
1: You know, but I'm like, which it seldom is. It, so far it hasn't been. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, letting it, it's, it's hard, but I'm like, Oh, the joy is so much sweeter on the other side. Cause there's not something in the back of your head that's like, but am I a little sad? You know what I mean? You're,
0: yeah. you're letting yourself go through it. Yeah. Feeling everything in its, full expression.
1: Ugh, that's living, you know,
0: (laughs) trying my best. That's what we aspire to. Yeah. Exactly. So, assuming your furniture comes and, uh, which it will, hopefully this week, what's next for you and your mission?
1: Yeah. A few things. Eventually, I'll write another uh, book for grown-ups, but I'm actually currently working on a children's book. Amazing. Um, Which is really funny because I wouldn't say that I'm necessarily amazing with kids. (laughs) Um, My wife and I are kind of like, I don't know if we need them. But I'm really close with one of my friend's sons. Like we FaceTime every day. He's seven. He was like, hey, I heard you wrote a book, but it's for grownups. Like, could you write me a book? And I was like, you know, I, I think children's books are so so special, um, and they have a lot to say, and and you get to use pictures. So, um, I'm working on a children's book uh, about fear, um, about being scared, and, um, another digital course on how to be an ally, um, for those who are uh, newly introduced. Again, it'll be similar, like a an intro. If if you are new to what it means to support the LGBTQ community. Um, this will be the place for you and just keep, keep bringing freedom where we can.
0: I love it. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to see your children's book. I love that. Uh, Mike, as as a mom, I've got a seven year old and a nearly 10 year old. And, oh, nice. So the, you know, they're coming up against these things as well. And I think it's really important this messaging for them maybe especially for my girl turning 10 and coming up against the fears and the big world of social media and everything that's, that's coming. And I think just the more places they can hear it, that everything great is on the other side of that fear. Yeah. That that's important. So I'll look for, it will it be Worth It Junior?
1: Um, <laughs> no, I I don't know what it will be called.
0: Yes. Um we'll yeah. keep an eye out for it. Yeah. It's exciting. Well, yes. thank you for coming on. This was amazing. I'm um a super fan, so I'm really glad to see you in person. I loved the book. We'll put links to the book and all of your stuff in the show notes and and your digital courses as well. So good luck with all of it.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much for having me on. Thanks. All right. Have
0: a great rest of your day. Thanks, you too. Okay. Bye. If you love this podcast, and I so hope you did, please subscribe. That way you'll get real-time updates anytime I post a new episode. Feeling inspired and want to share the joy? Leave a review so others can find the podcast more easily. Want to hang out more with me? You can find me on the interwebs at www.anyarock.com. That's A-I-N-E-R-O-C-K. And I'm also on Instagram at Anya underscore Healthy Living. Till next time, rock your joy. This episode was produced by Dante32.